2: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
0: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. That right. Hey, welcome. It is Joe Beamer filling in for Mark Reardon on this Monday, December 11th. We are two weeks away from Christmas 2023. Uh, I could not be any more excited uh, and I can't be any more excited to be here with you on this Monday. Here in Buffalo is where I'm broadcasting from and it is a victory Monday for us and we'll talk about that with Frank Cusmano later in the show uh, as he reports in on a busy sports weekend. Uh, It's been a while. It's been about a month since I've uh, been here with you. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, For me, now, if, you're, if you've ever looked on the webcam, you can tell since I started filling in in May, I've put some weight on. But my turkey trot time, on uh, it's an 8K here in western New York, I had the second fastest time. So I might be putting weight on, but when it comes to running, I'm, I'm setting PRs. So, you know, uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, But hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Hope everyone's having a great kickoff to the holiday season. Now, obviously, I hope you uh, stay tuned to us for the next three hours. uh, But you heard that spot right before uh, we got back here. Don't forget, 1025-KEZK, the Christmas station. Uh, Get yourself in the holiday spirit. Two weeks away. In two weeks and one day, everyone just – Jerry Seinfeld said it perfectly. In two weeks and one day, everyone snaps out of that Christmas spirit. I mean, people are taking their tree to the curb. They're out of the Christmas spirit one day after the day. So take it all in, enjoy it, and hopefully you can spend it with uh, those you love and care the most about. We have a lot to get to. As I said, I'm excited for 445 when we get to Frank, uh, talk to Frank Cusimano uh, because, obviously, I'm in a great mood, and i I think Fred put this on the sheet to, to get a reaction out of me. I'm, I'm going to say that's why he put it on the sheet when he said, um, Kansas City Chiefs lose again after another controversial call. I mean, if you're offside, you're offside, right? I mean, you have to play by the rules. And the Kansas City Chiefs did not play by the rules, and they lost. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And um, Patrick Mahomes... I had a, I have a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks of, our, of my lifetime, uh, right next to Josh Allen, obviously. Um, but, I mean, that was just – talk about a lack of sportsmanship. You want to complain at the press conference? That's great. That's what the press conference is for. And as much as I disagree with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that is fine to complain at the press conference. But yelling at the official while the game is still going on and then – after the game, when you walk up to Josh Allen, instead of congratulating him on a good game, you just complain about the offside call? I don't know. I, I lost a little bit of respect for Patrick Mahomes and the way he acted uh, post-game yesterday. So we'll talk about that with uh, Frank Cusimano from KSDK. Um, he is the sports director over there. We're also speaking with Charles Lipson uh, about the university presidents and the fallout from that. I mean... We can start with just a despicable display that we're seeing on American campuses uh, nationwide, right? It's not It's not just in one city. It's not just at one university. I saw someone put on uh, on X over the weekend, if you don't think these things are happening at a university near you, you are not living in reality. And they were 100% correct. Um, so we're going to be talking with Charles Lipson about a piece that he wrote um, for Real, Real Real Clear Politics. Um, spotlighting that spotlighting the um, congressional hearings uh, that were just a complete, uh, I'm telling you for university is a complete disaster and just some really embarrassing um, testimony from presidents of, what are to be you know considered prestigious universities Um, so we'll talk with Charles about that Uh, Claudia Tenney, she is a member of Congress we're going to talk with her about the Hunter Biden indictment the investigation that's going on in Congress also a potential impeachment inquiry that could be opened up this week in the US House of Representatives also um, give us an update from the southern border and the disaster that that continues to be, uh, not only at the southern border. It's a disaster in a lot of American cities and uh, across the United States. And instead of admitting, instead of leaders in those states and in those cities admitting that they were wrong, uh, they continue to double down. And um, it, it's it's hurting the taxpayers, the uh, residents of those cities, of those states, and it's hurting the United States of America. Um, and, and, you know, that shouldn't be a political statement. That should be something that we're all trying to, hey, you want to come to this country? Great. You got to do it legally. So we'll talk to Congresswoman Claudia Tenney about that. Jeff Mordock is back from The Washington Times. Uh, he is the White House correspondent. I already talked about Frank uh, Cusimano, who will be with us. Uh, Steve Eelman, uh, he is the St. Charles County executive Uh, talking about the crime um, in St. Louis, uh, I'm sorry, in St. Charles County, and the goal to get that crime down. Also, Dave Simmons will join us. He's from KMOX Dollars and Cents Show, talking about more and more Americans taking from their 401ks. And we're not talking about people who are retired. We're talking about people who are just trying to make ends meet. So they're taking out of their 401ks, which, let me tell you, at tax time... Uh, comes back to bite you. So we'll talk with him about that. I want to start with just everything that's going on uh, uh, politics-wise. And it's something I talked about a little bit on my Buffalo show this morning. And it's, I don't know, maybe I'm looking too far into this. But, you know, this is the time of year, holiday parties. And I understand you've got a fundraise. Don't get me wrong. I, I get it. But there is um, a, a party here locally, a holiday party to support you know your local leaders. And we're talking $100 a plate, right? $300 to $1,500 sponsorships. I, I mean, they're literally saying, you wanna talk to anyone in charge, you've gotta pay the money. And you know, that, it, it's, I, I think it's a sad place for politics. And believe me, it's it's been the case for as long as I've been alive. Um, but you see these fundraisers, and you also hear it when you talk about candidates getting ready to run for office. So here in uh, Western New York, we have a congressional seat opening up in February. A longtime congressman is stepping down. And the talk about who's going to fill his seat has nothing to do with, well, this person's done a great job in Albany, or this person's done a great job in the town that they're the leader of. You don't hear any of that. What do you hear about? Oh, their war chest. How much money can they fundraise? Really? That's the best. The, the best that you can do is, well, this person, to be a good leader, has to be able to fundraise a lot of money. I understand the importance of fundraising, right? You want yard signs, emails, all that stuff. But it's kind of sad that that's the first thing we're looking to when in talking about filling a seat in Congress. Hey, this person can represent you. Why? Well, first off, they have a lot of money. Well. I don't know. I, I To me, it's just it, it, it's bothersome. And you see it. And It's both parties. It's not just one side of the political aisle. Um, But it's it's sad because, you know, there might I'm not one of them, but there might be good people uh, like you or me that could, you know, maybe do a better job leading than many people who are in positions of power now. Uh, but, you know, we don't have the war chest. We can't fundraise. And to me, that that's just the wrong way. Uh, to look at things, and I, I saw this holiday poster on um, on Twitter this morning, and I don't know, it kind of upset me, and <laughs> I went into a rant on my show about it. I, I, it's never going to change. I mean, I, 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 could, I could do this as a topic, um, you know, for every show that I host from now until I get kicked off the radio, uh, and it'll probably never change, but, you know, I, I wish someone who supports term limits would be able to 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 uh, sponsor that fifteen hundred sponsor level at this holiday party, right? I mean, I I'd love to see that someone that isn't in their own echo chamber, someone who lives in the real world. Um, but unfortunately, that might be asking too much. I, I wanted to pass that along, but um, it, it's I mean, it's the state of politics, you know, and it's no clearer than when you have a special election. And we're having two here in New York state. So I'm hearing the same stuff. Oh, it's the war chest. It's the money they can throw. Um, you know, I, I see that a lot. And unfortunately here um, in Erie County, I see a lot of that on the Republican side. Well, who can spend the most money on their campaign? And let me tell you, it hasn't worked out. <laughs> it has not worked out. Uh, the Republicans in the town, that in, in the county that I live in, uh, right now have an abysmal record. Okay? They have not been able to win a county or state I'm sorry a countywide election in 12 years it will be 16 before they get another chance and again the last two elections well this person can spend a lot of their own money or this person can fundraise well that's nice okay they get they get television commercials and then you lose by 18% so maybe let's stop looking at the war chest or the money they have in their bank account and start looking at the policy and can they actually connect with voters Because you can connect with someone who has millions of dollars. Is that going to get you hundreds of thousands of votes? Is that going to get you the votes you need? Uh, The evidence here where I live is uh, showing us no, it's not. Uh, So just something to keep in mind. Uh, By the way, 97.1 FM Talk, along with our five other Odyssey St. Louis stations, is once again proud to partner with generous community supporters to raise funds through the SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Tree of Hope campaign. All this week, listen to... The Mark Reardon Show, to hear special interviews with local doctors, nurses, patients, and their families who have a story to share about all the great work being done at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. And again, tomorrow, Mark Reardon will be back. So hopefully you uh, will tune in for that. Hopefully you'll stay tuned to us when we come back. Charles Lipton, he is the Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Chicago, and uh, also has a column right now in Real Clear Politics. If a university president is dreadful, fire him, her, they, Z, it. We'll talk with him about that when we come back. It's Joe Beamer filling in for Mark Reardon on the two weeks till Christmas. I'm going to be saying that a lot today because I just realized it five minutes before I came on the air. So you'll hear me say it a lot. It's Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon back after this.
2: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: If your day sounds like...
2: We need the report ASAP.
1: You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste.
0: Or if you overcame,
1: Two more, rips, two more You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo. The Mark of fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois.
0: Welcome back. It is Joe Beamer in four. Mark Reardon. Mark will be back tomorrow here on 97.1 FM Talk. Uh We, this segment, are going to speak with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Uh, now, I, I should be honest. This is an interview I conducted yesterday on my on show my on show WBEN 100%. Hardline, and we talked about a lot of things, but some of the, the, the uh, bigger uh, topics that we talked about were the issues at the southern border and the Hunter Biden investigation and where it goes from here So this is Claudia Tenney, uh, New York Congresswoman in the 24th 24th District. District. Let's 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 start start with the ongoing ongoing investigation investigation. uh, into the uh, Bidens and Hunter Biden and uh, in Congress. Where are we in this investigation? What do you know?
1: Well, we have some new bombshell testimony that came out from our whistleblowers, the two IRS whistleblowers who came through a a whistleblower portal created by the chairman of my ways and means committee and uh this is really the start of it all and they came out with new information that showed that joe biden is a liar nothing new for any of us but that what joe biden was actually doing is communicating out of his white house out of the white house while vice president with foreign entities uh with hunter biden's uh, business partner and Hunter Biden using alias names, names that were not his under his name, they were fake names, to try in a further effort to disguise the fact that there were over 300 emails discovered that we know of. We know there are 82,000 pages of emails that the National Archives refuses to turn over. And these all reveal that Joe Biden was intimately involved and probably the generator of, Joe, of Hunter Biden's business entities across with Burisma, uh, which was a corrupt energy company in Ukraine, with a Chinese energy company, and that money was actually transferred from these uh, Chinese Communist Party-owned entities and Burisma through to Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and from the Chinese company into a couple of different entities, and ultimately directly to Joe Biden. So all of this, uh, you know, claims that he had nothing to do with his son, son's business did not know anything about it, it is all untrue the next step is though we've got to find a way to get hunter biden to testify and ultimately joe biden and that's why next week uh, we will be starting an impeachment inquiry into joe biden with all these new bombshell findings uh, bank transfers that have been discovered another thing that's really interesting and really i don't think coincidental and i think your your listeners should know that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden is slated to testify next week before a congressional committee. And all of a sudden we have this plea agreement, which, yes, shows that he violated and, and uh, you know, was ta- uh, committed tax evasion. But it also doesn't include some more serious charges and felonies where other people like, say, Paul Manafort, who worked for President Trump, went to jail for uh, and many others, including the violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and they are claiming that maybe this is coming on Hunter Biden, but he's been involved with these foreign entities using his father's name. And also we see his father's been involved, peddling influence, uh, Joe Biden engaged in bribery. We know famously a lot of discussion in the Ways and Convenience Committee last week where all of this evidence became public now, where Joe Biden was actually working to have that fire, prosecutor fired in Ukraine who was investigating Burisma, all while Hunter Biden was collecting $100,000 a month as a board member, and Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother, was collecting $65,000 a month. They certainly didn't want Burisma to go under while so much money was going to the Bidens, and then they made it so complicated so that people's eyes would glaze over and it would be difficult to go through. And remember, none of this would be happening. The Democrats would not be uh, looking into themselves or doing any of these internal investigations if it not were the very narrow majority and the House Republicans standing up and making our government accountable, the Department of Justice, the IRS. Uh, The FBI all slow walking and trying to protect Joe Biden from any kind of controversy and all the while these same entities are attacking and going after President Trump and trying to find ways to find him guilty of things that aren't even crimes. So this is this is what we're at right now. And next week is going to be a pivotal week. We'll be voting on an impeachment inquiry. And we're going to be seeing if Hunter Biden will plead the Fifth Amendment, meaning he will not testify on these matters because it would incriminate him for a future trial on the claims and and i might add though they're serious they're not as serious as they should have been and i don't think it's coincidental
0: so hunter biden if if he um testifies will that be public or will that be behind closed doors
1: i think there's two ways Uh, first of all uh there's the, the reason you do it behind closed doors is so that you can have attorneys question him and also he has the right to have an attorney present this is the way it's always done you hear jamie uh, Raskin and others, you know, complaining about this. The entire J6 committee happened behind closed doors, and they cherry picked and put snippets out of what they wanted to do that was the most incriminating. The Republicans will ultimately release it, release this, and members of Congress will get to testify, uh, will get to answer and ask ask questions of Hunter Biden. So hopefully, we'll have it in two. Uh, first, to, just to really get to the facts as much as we can without a five-minute limit, which is all members get. Uh, And that would be a closed door session. And then if there is information that is uh, security related in nature, that won't be revealed on a on a national stage. But we will ask the questions in a public setting in a committee. And that's ultimately how it usually and always happens. Honestly,
0: do you do you anticipate a certain day of when the uh, impeachment inquiry would be voted on?
1: Well, probably sometime, uh, no later than Thursday, I believe. I'm not sure exactly what day it's going to be set for. It's got to be within two days or or no sooner than two days of when it was noticed. So it just depends on the schedule next week, which is going to be, I I think, our final week of session for this uh, this year.
0: Looking at the southern border, and I know you've also been looking at the northern border as well and the uh, illegal immigration that continues in this country, Um, any updates on that? Where do we stand on securing the borders in America?
1: Well, of course, it's a disaster, and uh, we did get a bill passed that uh, hopefully the Senate will take up, and uh, that bill last week was uh, protecting our communities from failure to secure the Border Act, and that means it would be preventing the federal government from taking uh, any land under our jurisdiction and allowing us to house migrants there. Look, Eric Adams went down to DC last week to try to get President Biden to give him more money for the migrants that are costing us a fortune. Kathy Hochul, our governor, put an additional billion dollars in taxes in the last budget in order to pay for illegal migrants. When you put money in, To incentivize illegal migrants, you get more illegal migrants, and that's the problem we're facing. Uh, Not only are they costing our taxpayers money uh, and displacing people from being able to be housed, they're also dangerous. Many of them have been human trafficked, but many of them do not have legitimate asylum claims. They may be seeking to do harm here. We've seen a murder already in Rensselaer County. We've seen rapes uh, and and an attempted uh, sexual assault over in Erie County and others that aren't even being reported, not to mention the illegal fentanyl and other illicit drugs that have come through the border. And many of these people are harboring those drugs. We've got to do something about the border. We've got to shut it down. Uh, We're advocating uh, impeaching uh, Mayorkas, as well as President Biden, ultimately. But Secretary Mayorkas is a disaster, and he really needs to go because his policies, even Democrats in many of these border states and Democrats like Mayor Adams, for example, are challenging these policies. And in New York, people should know, Governor Cuomo is not the option to take out uh, Mayor Adams. He is the guy in 2019 who ushered through the Green Light Act, and that gives licenses to illegal immigrants. And we are not allowed, and there's a security protection for them. We can't even inquire as to who they are and where they're from, as we could with any other New Yorker. But these people have even a super citizen status and a special status with these licenses that have been afforded to them under the green light law and under former governor Cuomo. Of course, the legislature and Kathy Hochul could repeal this, but they don't. They continue uh, to give more benefits uh, to legal immigrants and really force the taxpayers of New York to be at risk, both financially and from a security standpoint.
0: It's interesting that the uh, the comptroller in Albany, uh, you know, was talking about the, the bleak uh, finances of New York State with all of this out-migration, people moving to Florida, Texas, you know, down south. Um, but didn't mention that, you know, that's also because people are moving in and not paying taxes at all.
1: That's a big part of it, uh, Joe. You're exactly right. And uh, I, look, I think that the comptroller in, in, in many ways does a good job. I mean, I, I don't agree with him politically on a lot of things, but he has an obligation to report. And uh, he has an obligation to show that we are hurting ourselves. The more the higher our taxes and the more that we prioritize illegal immigration, criminals, for example, with many of our policies, the more people are going to be frustrated and leave. And we've seen almost 600,000 people have left uh, New York State since COVID and and the COVID pandemic era. And before that, when Governor Cuomo was was, uh, governor, we lost over a million people leaving. It's why at one point in the 1960s, New York State had some clout on the national stage. We had 45 representatives, 45 members of the House of Representatives going to Congress to represent New York. Today, we have 26. We've dropped from 27 to 26 this year. And we are also facing another unprecedented uh, redistricting that is going on. In New York State because Democrats in Washington, not the Democrats in Albany, the Democrats in Washington have sued to overturn the lines that were done by a special master, the fair lines, uh, neutral lines, uh, done last year to try to have some balance. And uh, it's really, it's really telling to see that the Democrats in Washington will do anything. They will, will over overwill over over the rule of the people the people uh, decided in 2014 that the, uh, the legislature could not do uh, lines without having some kind of independent redistricting commission, which was created. And now the Democrats in Washington are suing to overturn the will of the people on those Democrat, on those those uh, redistricting lines. So we'll be facing that again. We could lose a number of seats. Everybody in New York has to go through this disruption of not knowing who their representative will be as we go through. Uh, Another another sense, another uh, another redistricting process. Now, the Court of Appeals weighs in on that. Uh, Probably, uh, I think it's either going to be in the next this next week or early January and we'll know where they go. But I have a feeling that they're going to be moving in the direction of overturning the will of the people and 80% of those polled across all party lines think that the. the, uh, The legislature is incapable of producing fair lines. And uh, and that's a huge number. That's like that's a that's an overwhelming number, especially in a state like New York. That's two to one Democratic.
0: Final question. Uh, Congressman Kevin McCarthy says he's stepping away at the end of the year. Uh, Your thoughts on Kevin McCarthy uh, resigning from Congress?
1: Well, I think after the uh, uh, the motion to vacate, which removed Kevin McCarthy as speaker, I think he's been around a long time. I think Kevin. Uh, brought us the majority he was uh you know very uh prolific fundraiser for the republicans in the house and i think when you're not in in uh, in the in charge i think he's probably had enough and wants to move on uh but uh, i wish him well and he has served our, our our nation from california for a number of years and uh i'm i'm sure uh he will do beyond to uh other things he said he's going to continue to the fight uh to save our country and to promote conservative values but uh, uh, that's about where that stands, but a lot of people that, uh, you know, one people that, uh, people, that one thing people don't realize, Joe, is that the Republicans in the House of Representatives have term limits on leadership. Now, Kevin was term limited in quite an unusual way, the only person ever, uh, only speaker ever, but uh, we have term limits on leadership. You can only serve as leader, either ranker or chair of a committee for six years, and once that's done, you can no longer serve as chair on that committee. So people often retire after that, which is Patrick McHenry, who is the chair of the Financial Services Committee, is in his last term as leader, and he's leaving. And that is very common. That's why you see so much turnover in the Republican Party and almost none in the Democratic Party. They don't do term limits. They don't believe in uh, changing leadership. You have the same people really for 20 and 30 and 40 years serving in, in Congress and serving in leadership. We don't do that. We bring in uh, new people and fresh blood, and it's, uh, I think it's, it's better and healthier for our conference. But it, it's a challenging time indeed, and um, I, I, I think Speaker Johnson has is, is got a very big challenge ahead of him. He's a very good man. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's very conservative. Uh, he's a spiritual guy, and he's practical, and I think that's the person we need to lead us right now.
0: That was Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, New York. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. And you might say, Joe, why did you leave that part about Congress in there? Well, uh, I think, you know, um, gerrymandering and uh, districts, that's a thing that happens in all states. Right. But a lot of uh, a lot of the key to success for Republicans victory in 2022 had to do with the um, districts that were flipped in New York State. So I thought I'd leave that part of the interview in there. Again, that was Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. It is Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon, back after this on 97.1 FM Talk. Hey, hey, welcome back. Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk, which you just heard in the intro. Uh, we are joined this segment by Charles Lipson. He is the... Professor Emeritus of Political Science at the University of Chicago also writes uh, columns for Real Real Clear Politics. I keep screwing that up. Uh, And before we get with him, let's play clip 12. Uh, We're talking about the university presidents and the fallout ever since those uh, hearings. Here's what Jason Chaffetz had to say about that clip 12. Look, these uh, university presidents were given a week to think about the answers that they wanted to give. The question was not, you know, some big surprise question that they caught up on. They
1: delivered a message that they wanted to deliver, and it was not unequivocal. It was not the right answer, and they do deserve to get fired. And by the way, President McGill,
0: that's that's a very soft landing. Don't, let's not pretend that she got fired. She resigned into a very soft landing in a position. So I don't think they've taken the proper action yet to protect the Jewish citizens, the Jewish students who are there on campus and other religious minorities, by the way. And, and I, it's just, it is, where's the common sense? The, these professors and these presidents are failing the, the test of common sense. Charles Lipson joining us now. Charles, uh, Jason Chaffetz pretty much uh, said it, right?
2: I am so glad you played that clip. I happened to hear it a little earlier, and I thought, agree, agree, agree.
0: (laughs) I am, now before, because obviously this is all under the microscope since the, um, the hearings, but give us a little perspective of how we got to the hearings. What exactly brought us to where these hearings were necessary to expose kind of what's going on on these college campuses?
2: Well, I think what had been going on on college campuses has been there for years. It's just that outsiders didn't see it. And what they finally saw it after the Hamas terror attacks of October the 7th, and just this awful massacre of innocent civilians. And when you had students... Sort of, uh, initially a number of them, supporting Hamas. And then after Israel strikes back, you have the students saying, oh no, you shouldn't do that. And that's all grounded in this idea of what's called um, settler colonialism. All these ideas in the in the humanities departments and every major named studies where they say basically they consider all of America settler colonialism. You you may have seen these signs that acknowledge on a playground or something this land was stolen from the Indians. And so they want to say all of that about Israel they hate it because it's capitalist they hate it because it's kind of western in its orientation they hate it because it's a nation state they hate it because it's religious and uh there there's this coalition on college campuses between progressive students very far left students and muslim students and they can't agree on positive agenda that is if the students who um are queer were to go to any of these countries in the Middle East other than Israel, they would face death. So, but what they can't agree on is that they hate Israel, and that often sloughs over into hatred of of Jews, and that has finally, finally been exposed uh, to the country at large, and what they see is university administrators who either agree with it uh, and are kind of reluctant to say so before the rest of the country, or... They fear that if they were to say anything different, they would meet such internal resistance in these left-wing universities that they would lose their job that way.
0: And uh, we've already seen one president uh, resign, Liz Miguel. Miguel. Uh, I want to ask you about that, but first let's play clip 25. Uh, This is uh, a little bit of what she had to say at the hearings last week.
2: I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, Does that constitute bullying or harassment?
1: If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman.
0: I mean, that whole hearing was just cringe and really, again, gives you an idea of what you just said, Charles, uh, that these presidents are scared to say I mean I'd like to believe they they know the right answer but they're scared to express that right answer because of the backlash on these uh, on these campuses so what's next we saw the, don't be uh,
2: so sure they know the right answer I'm
0: giving the benefit of the doubt
2: yeah well they don't deserve it the um, I watched the clip from Saturday Night Live it's a show that's ne- no longer funny so I don't watch it but They did a parody of the hearings. So who did they attack? Who was their main focus of attack? Uh, The woman who asked the questions, the representative who asked the questions, uh, Elise Stefanik. These were reasonable questions that she asked. Uh, uh, That's what you just heard. They just pilloried her for that. And the fact that young writers now take that position um, is the fruit of what our high schools have become and what our colleges have become. By the way, w- the uh, MIT has now said they're going to back the current president. It was no better. Uh, they're going to keep her. It would be shocking to me. It might happen, but it would be shocking if Harvard fired Claudine Gray, she's the first black president of the university, it would be terrible optics. The head of the Harvard Board of Overseers, the board of trustees, is Penny Pritzker, who's an active player in democratic politics, and her brother is the governor of Illinois. So the last thing she wants to do is go after a major constituency there. So I would be very shocked if, if they do anything. But they're not the only universities. This is very widespread.
0: And that's the thing. I mean, again and again, it seems. And by the way, what you said about Saturday Night Live, it's what sadly is happening to all comedy on TV. The safe thing to do is to go to the far left instead of, you know, anything that would offend uh, those on the left. Um, But it, it seems like time and time again, Charles, we are getting a perspective of what it's like in colleges in 2023. And, I mean, it is left, left, left. Well, if you ask
2: people and you might at sort of elite law firms and so forth um, in St. Louis, uh, and this is certainly true in Chicago, uh, they will tell you that it is now uh, what their uh, young legal recruits, who are the top, who are finishing at the very top of Wash U or University of Chicago or whatever law school, it's what they now think. Uh, so uh, these views are, are, are really uh, quite disturbing, and they're it's important for the audience to recognize these are different from traditional liberal values, which favored free speech, open, uh, open discussion, uh, hiring according to merit, that sort of thing. This is completely different from that. This is a left-wing progressivism that believes in uh, identity politics, hiring people, and and, uh, not hiring them based on race, those kinds of things, and not allowing views to be heard if they uh, disturb people. But what's disturbing to people is very politically charged. So at Harvard, it's it's considered bad if you're uh, cis-heteronormative, but not if you call for genocide.
0: Hey, Charles Lipson, great uh, talking with you. Hope to talk with you again. He is the professor emeritus of political science at the University of Chicago. We are back after this. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three, you bitch! Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you
1: love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. oh. oh.